Remember Kansas State game week when no one was picking Missouri to win, including myself? Well, now we're trying to talk ourselves into Missouri taking down the two-time national champions in Georgia. Life comes at you fast, and so will this podcast right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And as a quick reminder, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first ticket purchase. And as I alluded to there in the opening, man, the Kansas State game. Feels like a million years ago now, doesn't it? Even though on September 13th of that game week, just a few weeks ago, Gabe DeArmond actually posted something on his message board about Eli Drinkwitz's buyout. Now, this was not Gabe saying, hey, we need to fire Drinkwitz or anything like that. But no, even though Missouri was 2-0, and there were people out there like myself, who weren't too excited about Missouri's offensive start. And he knew that there was going to be people out there asking questions about what it's going to actually cost for Eli Drinkwitz to be bought out of his contract if indeed Missouri wants to move on. Well, here we are, again, now 7-1, and and people are talking maybe SEC Coach of the Year for Eli, possibly National Coach of the Year, depending how this season plays out. Pretty unbelievable how fast life truly comes at you here in this crazy world of college football. Well, by the way, per Mizzou, football attendance was up majorly last season. Well, it's up another 8.5%. That actually leads the SEC and is in the top 15 for Power 5 programs. So obviously, with all this winning has come back Missouri fans in a big way to basketball and football simultaneously just a sign that things are indeed progressing quite well here in Columbia. And yesterday's program actually got a lot of traction over in Dog Nation, I suppose, Georgia fans. Well, some of them agreed with my take yesterday and well, many others were not very happy with this here podcaster and I'm okay with that because, well, Even angry people, their clicks count as well, it turns out. So monetize the haters. Monetize the haters. But anyway, I just thought it was funny that apparently they missed the part where I had about a million qualifiers with what I was saying. I was saying, hey, guess what? If Missouri puts pressure on Carson Beck and stops the run and bottles up Georgia's screen game, they have a good chance at victory. Do you know how many ifs, notice how many ifs were in that statement? I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to pick Missouri to win this week. Having said that, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking about last year's ball game. And even though Eli Drinkwitz said, hey, there's really nothing in common with last year's game and this year's game, fair enough. That's certainly true to some extent. But I really think that the matchup in some ways is similar. And I think because Missouri is going to be able to put some pressure on Georgia, that's the only reason really why I think Missouri maybe has 
a, a good shot in terms of matchup. Listen, if Georgia has a good counter for everything I'm talking about here, this could get ugly. The Bulldogs are indeed that talented and that deep. There's a reason why they've won the last two national championships. This is not exactly breaking news analysis here. But I do think the reason Missouri is maybe a tougher matchup for Georgia than maybe some might realize is, again, it all comes back to what I've been calling all season, Missouri's secret sauce. It's the cornerbacks. Chris Abrams drain, one of the best in the country. Ennis Rakestraw, not too far behind. And fortunately, it sounds like Rakestraw is going to be a, a full go against Georgia, that's an absolutely huge deal for Missouri because, again, Carson Beck, what we've seen just statistically so far, I did my research. Carson Beck, when he's not pressured, he's really, really good. And Georgia's offense and passing game is really, really good, especially on that those play-action passes. If you give him time in the pocket, it's going to be a long day. On the other hand, against pressure, He's been pretty bad, quite honestly. His completion percentage is one of the among, if not the worst, in the SEC when he's under pressure. But the thing is, if you're a Georgia fan, you're probably going, well, yeah, but our offensive line is good enough. We don't really allow that much pressure. Fair enough. And that's, again, that's why I think, again, back to my point on the matchup, Missouri, unlike most teams, is going to have the luxury of being able to bring extra guys and maybe not get burned as bad on the back end as you might be expecting. Missouri with a healthy rake straw, with Drayden Norwood even, who's shown a lot, with, of course, Chris Abrams' drain, I I just think those are real high-level SEC caliber corners. To me, that's as good of a cornerback duo, if not trio, as there is in the league. And I think if you're a Georgia fan, you may not be aware of that, and that's just fine. I'm just telling you what I know about this Missouri team. And if you just think, oh, we'll just win one-on-one matchups then down the field, it may not be as easy as you think. That's why, again, I come back to the running game and the screen game. Those are, to me, the the counters that Georgia can have against Missouri's aggressive pressure, blitz-based defense here that I'm expecting on Saturday. Those are more the counters that I'm worried about. And on the injury front, Eli Drinkwitz confirmed that there was just one green jersey at practice yesterday, and it was linebacker Chad Bailey who Drinkwitz said is questionable at best against Georgia. So just by process of elimination there, that means that Cody Schrader and Ennis Rakestraw should be good to go on track for the ball game down in Athens. So as I said, obviously Rakestraw, an incredibly important player. Cody Schrader, basically the one running back. That's just something that Eli Drinkwitz His entire tenure at Missouri and at App State, the one season as well, he's really leaned heavily on just the the one running back, whether it's this year. Obviously, it's Cody Schrader. In the past, it's been Tyler Beatty, Larry Roundtree. Well, I I just think that's going to be what's going to happen until the wheels fall off of Cody Schrader, figuratively speaking. Now, when it comes to Dominic Lovett, of course, the Georgia transfer wide receiver, former Missouri Tiger, well, everybody was basically on the same page there. Tyron Hopper, Darius Robinson basically saying, hey, there's not much to it other than he used to play for us and now he plays for them. No big deal. Brady Cook said he's excited to see him and always wishes him 
the best. So definitely some coach slash player speak as well there where Brady Cook and and Eli Drinkwitz maybe weren't quite aligned on their messaging. Drinkwitz said, I don't really take anything from last year's game against Georgia. We're two totally different teams. On the other hand, I saw Brady Cook just this afternoon. He admitted, he said, we know, everybody knows we should have had that game last year, of course, referring to the Georgia ball game. So, you know, I just thought it was interesting to hear Brady talk about, you know, him, him, he was very sounding very confident and cool as always, just great leadership. You love to see from your quarterback as usual being put on display by Cook this afternoon. And he's just talking about, hey, that bye week definitely helps. It's Tuesday and I'm already feeling comfortable with the game plan. So, hey, as a fan, you love to hear that. We'll see how it all plays out. Of course, Georgia being the talented team that they are could absolutely put a hurting on Missouri on Saturday. That is definitely within the realm of possibility as much as it hates, as much as I hate to admit it. Again, just something about this matchup. Again, I've gone over it many times. Just tells me that this game might be a little bit closer than people are expecting. And of course, everybody is talking about Brock Bowers, the Georgia star tied in his absence from Saturday's ball game. But apparently, even the great Brock Bowers cannot hold a candle to Oscar Delp. And if you're confused, well, I was too. And I'll explain exactly what I'm talking about here coming up. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Game Time. And if you've forgotten to buy tickets to the game this weekend down in Athens, well, I've got the perfect solution. It's called the Game Time app. There's no reason to stress when you're at the last minute going to your event because you've got last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, including, of course, college football and concerts. With Game Time's Game Time Guarantee, it means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download Game Time today, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'll be honest with you. There's a couple different types of Georgia fans that I've ran into over the years, especially online. One type is sort of your Southern gentleman and bell types. I don't know. Those are, those are some of my favorite people on the face of the earth, to be completely honest with you. I love that type of Southern person. But then there's the other types of Georgia fans. You know, the ding, 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 ding. You know, those, those types, let's be honest. They're very much alive and well down there too these days. But I think some of those types yesterday, I definitely caught their ire when off the top of my head, I was talking about, of course, Brock Bowers. And I said, whoever their backup tight end there is, wasn't even trying to be flippant whatsoever. But some people took that as a massive insult, not only to 
said backup tight end Oscar Delp, but also indeed to Georgia, the the state of the great state of Georgia, America, George Washington, and everyone else too. They were very very upset with me and acting like, well, he's gonna be he's gonna be in for a rude awakening when he finds out that. Oscar Delp, I suppose, is going to be an NFL tight end in his own right. Well, I'd say maybe pump the brakes on that a little bit. I don't think the path to the NFL is that obvious at this point, considering he has 20 receptions for his entire career here in two years. Again, watch Oscar Delp go out and have a huge game for 150 yards or something like that against Missouri. I wouldn't rule that out whatsoever. I just found that particular criticism and or correction to be pretty hilarious folks this is called the locked on mizzou podcast i never pretended to know or be able to reach into the depths of my brain and know every single person on the florida or (laughs) the florida on the georgia too deep that is never something that i have pretended to be able to do now can i name about seven missouri tight ends yeah i probably can i won't bore you with that particular stupid human trick at the moment but give me a break on oscar delp he's not exactly mike ditka at this point maybe he'll turn out to be a great player and an nfl player one day maybe he'll even have a great game and his best game of his college career against missouri i could see that happening there's no doubt that they need somebody to replace Bowers' production. There's no doubt that he's a talented kid, but don't come at me with, oh, well, this guy doesn't do any research, blah, 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 blah. be one thing if I actually wrote that down in an article or something like that, but please understand that I'm speaking extemporaneously here. There's no script between me and the camera right now. So, yes, sometimes things are going to come up as I'm talking that I can't anticipate. I don't have a an assistant here who's going to tell me every little factoid on the face of the earth about your Bulldogs. However, I'm pretty good at talking about Mizzou, so let's just stick to that. By the way, a happy Halloween out to all of you out there, especially you everyday listeners of Locked on Mizzou. And I thought about putting on my League of Their Own Jimmy Dugan outfit, but you know what? I actually completely forgot. That's how... That's how much Halloween spirit I have. And you know what? I have to be honest. Halloween is becoming a little bit like Christmas to me in that I'm cool with Halloween. I'm cool with Christmas. No beefs with either one. But can we make it just one day again? Maybe it's just me because I have kids now. But my goodness, all these endless trunk or treats at preschools and all this stuff and and of course, the adult parties, which are a great time. Hey, had a great time putting on my my stupid outfit and getting drunk on a Friday night. But now we're on day five of Halloween at this point. It's like, again, Christmas, great. It's fantastic. But by the time I've gone to Columbia Christmas and St. Louis Christmas and Kansas City Christmas, well, just about every drop of holiday spirit has been wrung out of my body. So that's all I'm saying. That's why, to me, Thanksgiving remains the greatest holiday of all time. It's on a Thursday. You either made it, you either got there, or you missed it. There's no second Thanksgiving. We call that Black Friday, where we eat warmed-up turkey and shop on Amazon. That's what we do in America. No more of this multi-day Halloween and Christmas stuff. I'm over it. That's my old man rant for the day.
And back to football, of course. Sorry for that quick digression, but darn it. It is my show. It's Locked On's fault for giving me a microphone, quite honestly. But in all seriousness, let's start looking at some numbers for this game. Of course, the spread is still hanging pretty strong at about 15 and a half. Missouri plus 500, meaning 5 to 1 to win the game outright. That tells you my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook thinking the Tigers have about a 1 in 5 shot at winning this ball game. That seems pretty fair to me. I wouldn't argue with those odds whatsoever. Unfortunately, if you roll a dice with five on it or six on it, I I suppose would be the more normal dice. But I was going, you know, one out of five for 20%, of course. But hey, roll a six-sided dice, try to guess what comes up, and you'll find, wow, this actually kind of takes a while more often than not. So not the greatest odds in the world for Missouri, but really, if you love the Tigers to win this game, you could almost talk yourself into Brady Cook being a long shot at 250 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy at this moment. Because that's the thing. If you're looking for a long shot, you got to think to yourself, well, what has to happen? And then obviously Missouri would have to beat Georgia. And if it did so, what would Brady Cook's odds become after that? Well, I think they'd come down actually rather significantly, even more so than probably then probably, let's say, then it was reflected in the 20% chance of Missouri winning is what I'm clumsily trying to say there. In other words, you look at Carson Beck, the Georgia quarterback. He's currently 25-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy. He's about, let's see, he's in that, which puts him in the top 10 of, of odds of odds. He's ahead of Caleb Williams right now, for instance, who's 80 to one. Well, I actually think if Missouri wins this ball game, I think Brady Cook's odds getting 10 times literally better than what they would be before that is actually fair. Put him at 25 to one all of a sudden to win the trophy. Not saying that means he's definitely going to win it or anything. Missouri would have to continue to win out, I think, win the remaining games on their regular season schedule, including the SEC championship, then you've got a real shot for it. So again, not saying this is something that's going to happen, just kind of taking you through my thought process. If I'm looking for value in the futures, especially on a long shot, that's the type of calculations you have to make. And no matter who has been Missouri's athletic director over the years, You can always count on a decent amount of corporate buzzwords, PR words, whatever you want to talk about, to make their way into their statements. But in this case, I actually think the word alignment, when Desiree Reed Francois uses it, I actually think it means something. So I want to talk about that coming right up. But also I want to tell you, of course, that in order to score early this NFL season, you got to go with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so incredibly easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-under totals, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And as I was talking about at the top of the program, 
Boy, it sure is nice to not have to be worrying about Eli Drinkwitz buyout at this point in the season, right? No, we're worrying about can we actually pull a monumental upset against Georgia, who's on one of the great runs in college football history at the moment. That's a lot more fun to ponder whether no matter what happens on Saturday. But I will say this, thinking about Eli Drinkwitz once again, when he was hired at Missouri, well, it was under less than ideal circumstances. Of course, originally, when Jim Sterk came to the board of directors with Blake Anderson as his choice to be the next Missouri football coach reportedly, well, the board of curators said, eh-eh, we ain't about that life. Actually, come back and get us another choice, would you please? Well, considering that alignment has become the real buzzword throughout athletic departments these days in college athletics. Well, that is the exact opposite of alignment. That just showed a real tremendous amount of unrest and just a lack of organization and certainly alignment within the athletic department. Whenever your athletic director brings a football coach to the board of directors of your university, that should simply be a rubber stamp at that point. Now, I'll admit, ultimately, that's looking like a pretty good move at the moment that Missouri ended up with Eli Drinkwitz. Certainly, as we sit here today, as Missouri is 14th in the country, 7-1, and one, yes, we're liking where Missouri is at the moment. But at the same time, that could have gone really wrong in a number of different ways. So not only does Missouri seem to have stability with a football coach right now, it seems like from the top down, there's a there's amount of, of stability and indeed alignment that we haven't seen for a long time. Desiree Reed Francois says literally, we have great alignment with our board and our president. Michael Williams as our board chair. He's a great man who cares about Mizzou and has really been an incredible support and driver. You couple that with the president who is Moon Choi, of course, and his innovation and his brilliance. We've got a really special moment in time. So again, if all these people are on the same page, and ultimately when Desiree Reed Francois has to hire Dennis Gates, when she has to hire Carrick Jackson, for example, the new baseball coach, well, there's no board of curators, there's no Moon Choi, you know, wiggling his way in and trying to say, oh no, I want to be the real one in power here. No, it seems like she's the one who's in charge by all accounts from outsider's perspective like me. I'm not in the room, obviously, but as far as everybody can tell, she's the one who's in charge and everybody just kind of follows her lead, and so far... She's done a great job with virtually everything, in my opinion. And of course, most importantly, beyond just the football experience, game day, number one great job she's done so far, obviously, is hiring Dennis Gates. So if that's what alignment is going to get us, I'm going to stay aligned with her through this entire tenure here at Missouri. So, hey, thanks for being aligned with me on this podcast. Sorry for getting it out a little later today. I'm awfully busy these days sometimes. So, frankly, I feel pretty good for actually getting one out. Thank you very much. So, again, appreciate your patience, especially for all you everydayers out there. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day, and I'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Mizzou.